My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, art, fashion, and culture. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy creating it. On this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast, we have a very, very special guest with us this week, artist Pamela Compton. Pamela, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on. Um, I know about Pamela through an art agency in Denver, Colorado called 73 Art Agency. Uh, her works of art are just incredible. And so I wanted to bring her on to talk about you know her journey as an artist and just to learn more about uh, how she takes the artistic process. What does she do in the artistic process? Uh, as a young artist myself, I draw and I obviously create uh, designs for the brand. I think it's really important to hear perspectives from different artists and just learn about you know what they do and kind of take it and, and apply it to my art, right? So let's just jump right into it. So Pamela, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where does your artistic journey begin? Um, I, I went through a time where um, I, th- I would probably now in hindsight call it um, depression, <laughs> but I repeated over and over a poem uh, from a book my brother had given me, a roomy poetry book, and it was, uh, Birdsong brings relief to my longing. Mm. I am just as ecstatic as they are, but with nothing to say. Please, universal soul, practice some song or something through me. Wow. And, and I would say I probably repeated that for years. Wow before uh, painting showed itself <laughs> at my door. <laughs> and I feel like my answer came, not even realizing I, I was asking the universe for something. Right. Yeah. That's incredible. And what, like, give us a reference of time when, like, when this moment in time was for you. Like, when did you start reciting this poem? I would say probably um, in my early 40s. Early 40s. Wow. Maybe even uh, late 30s. So uh, about 10 years before I started painting. Wow. So so prior to that, you had never painted at all. And you kind of, it seems like you kind of were in a moment in, in, a, in your life, right? Can you, can you kind of explain that a little bit more too? Um, well, uh, yes, it's true. I hadn't painted before and had gone to Italy in 2008 and uh, to visit a friend. And she's the painter. And that's when I, she gave me an easel and paint and, uh, I started there Yeah. and, uh, didn't stop. Wow. And so it it started, wow. It started in Italy. I did not know that. That is, that's pretty profound. I think that, I mean, Italy is such an artistic city and an artistic place. Yeah, it was, uh, Gubbiano, it was the small uh, town near Florence. New Florence. Yeah. I, Correction, I, Italy is not a city, <laughs> but yeah, that sounds that sounds you know amazing. Um, so, I mean, tell us a little bit about your art. Like, how would you describe it to someone who's never seen it before? <laughs> okay, I'm laughing because I gave this question to my brother this morning, <laughs> and he said his answer was uh, good. <laughs> very good and I said okay I don't know if I could say that and I couldn't I couldn't say it but 
That really is a hard question. Yeah. Um, the artists that I'm attracted to, I feel like uh, it's the real deal. You know, you're not seeing a reproduction of anything. Uh, you're seeing a lot of, uh, you're, you're feeling a lot. I am feeling a lot when I look at the artists that I like, and I feel like it's the true person, the true artists coming out on, on the canvas or on the paper, whatever uh, medium they use. Right. And I think my art is, it qualifies yeah at, um the real deal absolutely. it's me uh, it is me absolutely and and what role does i mean when you talk about the real deal i kind of like i i know that you know and i've seen your art and i can kind of see the the passion that you have for creating like what role does emotion play into or what role does um you know maybe you talk about how you you had this poem that you would recite to yourself and you were kind of in a, a moment of depression. Um, do you still sometimes paint or create with this level of emotion or do you have emotion that plays into, uh, you know, when you paint or mm -hmm. when you create works of art? Well, uh, definitely passionate about the subject. Absolutely. Uh, um, I love hands. Um, what was it? Say the question again. The question basically is, is, do you use emotion to help you create, right? Oh, yeah. Frustration. Frustration. <laughs> so I have a lot of layers and I get to a point where I'm just pissed off. And then I really attack the canvas and a shift happens. And uh, I mean, that's not always true, but often true. Right. Uh, so I put a lot of color down and then I step back and try to visualize something and uh, I do that and I continue the painting and I step back again and I don't like what I see and then I explode. I, I think I explode then with some anger and frustration which I'm not that proud of as far as that being the instigator of uh, the positive change that happens. And then I feel it blossoms. Yeah. And I, I think that's interesting because I, I, I personally, you know, draw and I, I do different things artistically and I try to, you know, express myself in that way. And oftentimes I feel the same way where mm. when you're trying to create something and it's just, you know, maybe it's not coming along the way you want it to come or uh, there's an element to it that you wish was just a little bit different and you were trying to create something and it's like frustrating. You're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, why is this, why can't this just be what I want it to be? Right. So I, I definitely, definitely empathize with that. Um, yeah. And there's a letting go too. I think that that's, I just realized that in that anger, there's a letting go. Yeah. And I think uh, I broaden my, uh, ability to receive you know to it, it it's the physicalness of anger instead of the headiness that's what it is so releasing the thinking anger releases the thinking mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anger but that happens to be my well you know look at the world right when you create 
Um, do you do you listen to music or do you kind of try to try to create a an ambiance of creativity or? Yeah, it depends on my mood, but I listen to blues a lot. Blues, Chicago blues in particular. And what about what is it about blues in particular that you enjoy? Yeah. Is it just? Um, I think jazz and blues. If you had to pick a music that uh, matched my painting, it would be those two. Yeah. Uh, musical genres. So that's probably why. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, the emotion of blues, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a really good segue to the next question, which is, you know, walk us through your process. You know, where where do you start when you want to create a new piece, typically? Uh, I put a lot of color down on the canvas or... Uh, wood, whatever I'm using. Uh, I like to use big sweeping motions of, with my hands. But I like to use my left and right hand. Really? Uh, wow. I, I like imperfection and because uh, the hand, my I'm right-handed, so if I use my left hand, it gives me that... I like the, the marks that my not-so adept left hand makes mm. that's really powerful so I like the contrast between the two no yeah i mean that's that's really interesting it makes me think to kind of back to you being in italy and when you kind of started um you know are are you a hundred percent self-taught or like what did you do to teach yourself or are you, was it is it talent that because i think people d- won't understand you know until they get a c the imagery of your art, how just impactful it is. And I think it's really interesting to know about how an artist learns how to create art. So how, uh, like, what is your story with that? Um, yeah, no, I don't have training. Um, I tried to take some classes uh, in different cities that I lived and I couldn't, uh, it wasn't interesting to me. It was too much uh, head, too much in the head, too much knowledge. Uh, you know, I was like, come on, come on. I, I wanted to get moving. Uh, and then I took a class in Portland, Oregon. And the guy, when you first took it, you had to put a piece of paper over what you were painting and stick your hand under. Hmm. And you couldn't look at look at it. Wow. And the whole goal for the, for the class... I think it was like 12 weeks was to get a stack of work period. So, and his motto was, if you're not having fun, change what you're doing. (laughs) So that's the only class I ever made it through. Wow. (laughs) And he didn't care what it looked like. Wow. You just do it, you know? So you're almost, I mean, you're creating blindly in that sense a little bit, right? Like yeah. you're not really seeing what you're doing. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's really and cool. And then it moved into models. And uh, so I had that free form delight that I had been craving in other art classes that I quit because they felt very boring. So yeah, I was, I'm thankful to that man. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I think, I think a lot of people don't know about something like that, right? And that, that, that'll be really powerful for a lot of people. Um, so, you know, talking about where you started and where you are now, how would you compare 
you, the art you've made you made early on to some of the pieces mm-hmm. that you make now yeah I, I, I couldn't think of I don't really see that much difference between wow. the early art and now, although, like, I think 7-3 would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they're, uh, they have more depth. There's more layers in my work now. Um, there's more, uh, well, I don't think that's true. I was going to say there's more of me, but that that's not true. It really... That part of it started from the beginning. Mm. So uh, I don't know. That might be a question for for seven three. <laughs> we might have to bring you know a representative on and ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But I mean, talk us through a little bit too about what are you know some of your favorite things about creating art now. Um, oh, yeah. I feel at home. I, I'm uh, quite a recluse and um, don't care for, like, this is big for me to have said yes to this. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm not very social, comfortable in social situations. And so it's a beautiful way to connect with the world. Uh, creating creating art it makes me love the world more wow and of course the creative processes there's nothing that matches the the constant change and development that happens as we go through the process It, it, it surprises me every time it's never ending Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I I love the creative process, Um, especially, you know, seeing something come to life is one of just the most amazing kind of processes you can ever, you know, put yourself through and then also witness. Right. Yeah. From from an observation standpoint. Um, And I think that it's really interesting right now with the times we're in right now, you know, with, you know, stay at home orders and coronavirus, has it. You know, has it all, you know, influenced the art that you've made or influenced anything that you've worked on or been working on or, um, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it, coronavirus really has not changed my life very much because I'm, uh, don't go out very often. Right. I live on a ranch, a 20 acre place. So, uh, it really has not affected my life so much. Uh, the uh, the Black Lives Matter is way more um, uh, has a much stronger effect right. on me than the that's happening now than the coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. And you know. Others won't know this, but I know that, you know, you've done in, in some of your past works of art really, you know, highlight, I think there's black musicians or black activists, am I not, if I'm not mistaken, where you've, um, you know, have great, great pieces of of other black artists or figures. And so 
um, it's really it's really cool. I feel like how you know artists can bring to life figures in in different functions of society with their art. Um, and I think that you I think you're a proponent of someone who's done that before. So that's really cool. I I look for um, I like to paint what's beautiful to me, and uh, then I'll step back and. Um, I spent a lot of time in New Orleans, and uh, that's where some of you know the uh, Second Line parades and the uh, Jazz Fest. And so a lot of what I paint is from New Orleans, and there, yeah, yeah. So you talked a little bit about some other artists you didn't specifically say any but do you have any other artists that you're a fan of fans of and uh, why? Yeah, right well i know when i first started painting with that class i would go to the library and look through the art books and and just pick out and i knew nothing uh pick out the painters that i was attracted to and it turned out it was most of them were through the expressionist period in Germany, which I didn't know about, but that ended up to be the artists that I picked out of the library shelves over and over again. So I thought that was interesting. Like Clay and Mo Digliani, Kandinsky, Kirchner, and they were all from the same era. That's, that's incredible. And I, I always think about, you know, different eras of art do you do you think about that as well like just from a standpoint of like what the artists who were creating art their references and what was going on at the time and you know the way that they created does that ever cross your mind or are you just a fan Mm -hmm. of what they've created that definitely crosses my mind i would love to to be able to step inside them in the time that they're creating and see what was going on for them yeah yeah same (laughs) yeah same for you yeah Yeah, it would you'd be really interesting yeah another um who i didn't discover until later is ramir bearden he his um collages are incredible Mm. i don't know if you know that artist but talk about being able to feel i mean the emotion when you look at his pieces are incredible it makes me want to do more collages as well wow i'll i'll have to do some research on them because i'm always i always love you know exploring new artists yeah me too um is there anything that you're currently working on at the moment uh yeah um uh there's a african proverb uh that says um get a brain fart here um it's on one of my it's on the side of until the lion until the lion has an historian the hunter will always be a hero Mm. and i have eight canvases where i wrote that on the sides uh on the four sides of the canvas and um have not filled in the portraits of who are going to go on. Uh, 
the canvases. So there's eight of them, and they're all squares. Wow. So I think it's going to be four and then four. So it'll be uh, whatever you call four painting, not a triptych, but the next one. Yeah. Yeah. But if you if you got if you wanted just one, the whole proverb would be around the around one. that canvas. Right. Yeah. So you can read it all as a whole or as an individual. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Like uh, special needs, uh, I, I, I would probably put on, you know, someone with uh, Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone that doesn't get their freaking story told. Right. You know. Right. And that's, wow, that's really, really powerful. I just got chills thinking about that because, you know, when you first hear the proverb, you're like, okay, yeah, the lion, you know, the lion obviously is not going to have his story told, but it applies to a, a large breadth of different people, right? Sure. Um, people who are yeah, underrepresented. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the, how this uh, part of history is told when we're dead, dead and gone. You know. That's a good. That's a really good point. Really good point. Depends on who wins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, there's not a statue of of what's it, of coma over anywhere. <laughs> Um, what, what advice, Pamela, do you have for young artists that, that, uh, uh, if you're not having fun, change what you're doing. You, you really, it's putting in the time that matters Yeah. because you're not gonna, uh, you know, you're not going to be Matisse in, you know, three years. You, you do it every day. You pay, you do your love of art every day. And it's always what people that end up like really way up at the top reflect back and say those were the best times in the learning process in the beginning. And so, you know, savor it and put in the time. I mean, not put in the time like there should be a famous result, but it's all about the doing. That's really the only fun, the biggest fun part of it. It's okay to show your work, but to do the work is really what's so alive and worthy of of a life. Wow, that's beautiful. I, I that yeah. Um. I, I'm I'm at a loss. <laughs> I mean, I, I I feel like I feel like you know the way you put that together. I agree. I mean, do the work, put the time in, and yeah. and love what you do. Love the process. I think I think a lot of greats in a lot of different fields say this say that same thing. And so yeah, um, and you just get so excited every moment. You know, even when you're not in your painting or doing what you do, and all of a sudden you're out and you have an idea. You know, and it just crawls up your back and you can't wait to get home. Uh, it just changes the world. Pamela, I, you know, I, I truly appreciate you coming on the podcast with us today. Um, I, I feel like I learned a lot more about you and I think people will be able to connect and resonate with your artwork more. Where can people find your work of art? Um, if they are interested and maybe want to purchase or just are curious about, you know, more about what you do. Uh, uh, 7-3 Art Agency. What, um, they, it's a website. Um, dot com, right? I think it's 7-3 yeah, Art. Dot com, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. 
And then they have um, pop-up galleries throughout, usually Denver, but they're looking to um, have uh, some in New Orleans and other areas. Right now, they're fantastic pop-up galleries, and they'll have that posted on their website if you want to go in and see... Thank you so much again, Pamela. That that's incredible. Um, we'll have to have you on the podcast again sometime. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gain some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.